0: Welcome, Cowhorse, Full Contact by Ben Self, with host Chris Dawson and Russell Dilday. This episode proudly brought to you by Bluebonnet Feeds, Ardmore, Oklahoma. All your equine nutrition needs. Well, welcome, Veronica. Welcome. So glad you can join us. I don't know how much we need to mention that this is a redo.
1: Because the first
0: time we tried this, uh, it was just me and you. <laughs> I mean, you were sitting over there. <laughs> and so uh, this time, so in an interview, it's good if there's interaction.
2: Well, she's talking for two now.
0: <laughs> just spring off with that, are you? Well, there you go. Sounds like, uh, yeah, there you go. Talking for her and Boyd. Yes, we can talk to Boyd later. He has a I, voice. I know. Knows I know how he to will use speak. speak. He will. We'll catch him in in a little bit. All right. So, are you still there? I am. Yes. Hey, <laughs> we're winning. winning. We are winning. This She's on it. Heck yeah! All right. So, how are you liking being down here in Texas for winter time? Coming into spring now, but
3: the winter time has been really good. Yeah, everyone said that it would be super cold, which it's not too bad coming from Canada. But
0: (laughs) I will say, there was days this winter you would come over here and ride. We would ride somewhere, and you would be the only one with a coat on. I thought that was a little strange.
3: Well, but I'd maybe have like one or two coats on, but if I was at home, I'd maybe have like two or three with my camo (laughs) pants on. She just cut (laughs) down on (laughs) them. (laughs)
2: they get used to the climate you know Andrew Stigger didn't no he didn't (laughs) he didn't get used to their climate right (laughs) Uh, Christina Allen came to work for me from Idaho and it's she comes in the winter and she's running around in short sleeve shirts and we're all coated up so she's there all that through the summer the next year she was the worst by far I mean, we would be in just a shirt, and she has a vest and a jacket on. <laughs> Went completely the other way. So if she's doing this now, two coats now. Next year. Next year, she's full she's, full under armor. <laughs> right, yeah. The jumpsuit, insulation. We've got, we've
0: got to get some full cow horse full contact toques so we can uh, <laughs> make her. I'm going to try and interject a little bit of Canadian lingo in the conversation today. Just uh heads up.
2: I don't even think she needs a toupee. <laughs>
3: Not yet. <laughs> I,
0: I hate it when they call them toboggans. What yeah. are or, you talking about? The uh, hats. A toque is like what I would call a stocking cap. The hat that oh, you tried on earlier that yeah. pulls down over your ears. People down here will call them a toboggan. And to my knowledge, a toboggan is a sled.
3: Mm-hmm. A wooden one.
0: A wooden sled. On top of that. You wouldn't put that on your head. Yeah.
3: No. A or toque. there's a beanie.
0: Beanies, yeah. Those well, have a propeller. Common. Those have a propeller. Mm-hmm. Like striped, right? Little kids. And in Canada, they're toops?
2: Took. Took. Oh, took. Took. Oh. I took it wrong. <laughs> 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 I mistook you. <laughs>
0: so so go ahead and just uh, jump right in here, Veronica, anytime. And uh, let's go back to the beginning. and Tell us about the childhood of being a swales. <clears throat>
3: childhood of being a swales. Um, we showed horses a lot my parents trained horses so we right from the get-go we showed we started out in the pleasure horses and then in jumpers and then moved to the cutters and the cow horses
2: right did you you did uh, all of it
3: yeah so i started showing in the pleasure when i was well i have my first pair of shafts when i was a year and a half old some sweet pink ones
0: did your dad make them
3: he did, yes.
0: Sweet. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so <clears throat> I got to show in the lead line class, so I started out with that and then yeah, moved into the hunter jumpers and um and then yeah, started showing cutters when I was about six and
0: do you still have yeah. those pink shaps? Um, I,
3: I do. I, need, I mean I mean <laughs> I, I
0: may need to buy or borrow those from you. <laughs> uh.
3: Yeah, they even have a cute little silver buckle on the back. Mm-hmm. They're Waken. pretty fancy. Right. Mhm. Yeah.
0: I'll fit into your future. Yeah, darn right, mm-hmm. darn right. We're we there's a lot of pink in my house these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got some
3: sweet navy ones too that were my next set.
0: Was that were these? Was this the uh, monochromatic stage? Did you have the pink shaps, pink shirt, pink hat? Mon- that's one, all one color, Russell.
3: <clears throat> no, so I had.
0: <laughs> that's what that means. Thank you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I had the pink shaps. With the white shirt and the pink scarf. Oh, nice. Oh, break yes. it up. Yes.
0: Yeah. What color hat? Gray
3: hat. hat. Oh, gray <laughs> hat.
0: That's a great <laughs> toque. Pink hat. That's straight <laughs> out of 1960s right there.
3: Yeah. See, no, my dad, there's no way he would do that. Mm-mm.
0: No pink hats? No pink hats, no. Gotcha. No. So you got two brothers, both older?
3: Yes, uh, John and Clint. John's 10 years older than me, and then Clint's just a couple years older.
2: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So oh, really? I thought you were way younger.
3: Well, way younger than John, but not so much Clint.
2: I thought younger than both of them. Look so much younger.
3: Looks oh. so much
0: prettier. Okay. Yeah. Son of a gun, them two look so much alike. I know. There was a time I wasn't exactly, if the, I saw them separately, I wasn't always sure which one was which. So Ooh. I just called them swales.
3: Ooh, yeah. When John hears that. He's going to be offended. <laughs>
0: Take that out, Ben. <laughs> but now I tell them, park very easily. That was, that was
2: before I hugged your brother.
3: That was before? That was before, yeah. They're close
2: yeah. now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of
0: Joe. <laughs> so growing up with the two brothers, you got that John, a lot older, bossing you around, telling you what's up. You and Clint were his little minions, or what?
3: Yeah, we were his little minions, and then um, he was uh, really good at doing things that probably he shouldn't, and because I was younger and thought I'd be, like, super, you know, smart, I'd be like, I'm going to go tell mom on you.
2: Ronnie, torture treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. there was some of that, and a little bit of Chinese torture, or, you know, the...
2: How does Chinese torture differ? Does that involve viruses? Yeah. No, bats. Anything like that?
3: No. no. So it's where they sit on you and take a piece of grass, and then they constantly stick it up your nose.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's more
2: of a spring summer torture, <laughs>
3: right. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: don't yeah. have to worry about that grinning blade <laughs> of grass yeah. in the
2: wintertime. No. <laughs>
3: no, no. The wintertime, then it was the whole spit one, where you, you know, I'd put his. Uh, knees on my arms and hold me down and then just like see how far the spit would go and then he'd pretend to suck it up
0: (laughs) Billy Madison did he ever ever miss it?
3: I he buggered up quite a few times and just spit on you spit on me (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Billy Madison
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he was like that and then Clint was like the my savior pretty much when John was really torturing me bad then Clint would come in
0: Clint he's like the enforcer I mean he's Mm -hmm.
2: Large human.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then he would break it up. Gotcha.
2: Mm-hmm. Why'd you put yourself... Why'd you... Why didn't you ever just stop telling on him? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. I can be super hard-headed, and I just...
4: <laughs> I just Imagine. wouldn't give
3: up. Well, I always thought the next time I could outrun him, and it didn't work. <laughs>
2: learner.
3: <laughs> yes, exactly. Sounds perfect
2: yeah. to train horses. <laughs> I used to tell yeah. my I used to tell my
0: stepbrother I could run faster scared than he could mad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> could you? Oh, yeah, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: We even had a deal where we had this overhead or like a covered door and then for some reason I was either telling on my brother or then it would be like, Well, why don't you be our roping dummy? So I'd be like, okay <laughs>
4: <laughs> And then <laughs>
3: and then I'd he'd nod his head and I'd run out and they would head me and a buddy of his would heal me and they'd stretch me out and I'd just <laughs> like
2: Stretch you out?
3: Yeah. Oh I'd yeah. Just, same, same thing, I wouldn't give up. i just, like, run harder the next time, thinking, like, I'm going to...
0: This time.
3: <laughs> yeah, this time I'm going to get it. And...
0: So you're saying you would have been a really good rope and steer, not a great fraternity horse. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I me, mean, either that would have been a terrible horse, I'd have got to
3: <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, the only time that I really gave up was John accidentally roped me around the mouth. And <clears throat> rope burnt me really bad, so I kind of... Gave up a little bit of chilled you right there. That'll <laughs> yeah. slow her down. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> you can give her ace or a rope burner around the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, the worst one is when the healer sets up and the header doesn't dally. Because they just take your feet and your face goes whack first. <laughs> if they both pull, like if the header will keep going and that ropes around your shoulders, the healer can set up and they can just kind of stretch you out. It's not so bad. <clears throat> Yeah, I got.
0: Yeah. I learned early that if someone is going to rope you, don't run. <laughs> walk. Walk is fine. Because you ride. run, you lose your feet. Yes.
3: Yeah, and don't try to jump. No, no either because they get you. Yeah, midair. Bad. Yeah,
0: no. Walk. Walk. <laughs> Take the roping. Walk or stop. I mean, how it's not. It's really hard to catch an animal who won't move their feet.
3: <laughs> yeah, you could blame John. Yep, <laughs>
2: <laughs> love blaming John. <laughs> John Cameron Swayze. <laughs> you good? You want to sing that song? No, I sing it. We once. got a lot of it's music. This is deal. a musical. This is a
0: musical show now. It is so. fairly musical. Tee it up.
2: I can't. She uh, doesn't know what John
0: Patrick so was. John Pat. John
2: Patrick Swayze. No, Patrick Swayze is John Cameron Swayze's nephew. Oh, really? Or you don't know their cousin or something? They're related, but yeah, John Cameron Swayze was a a sports sports broadcaster or something, news guy that was very famous. You know this? I already told you. You told me. Yeah. Yeah, she knows, and he. Got on Timex as a spokesperson, and then he said, uh, Did all these Timex commercials, uh, keeps on takes a licking and keeps on ticking. And then Ray Stevens wrote a song about it. Well, there you have it, and that's how it all came around. And, and then you sang Cameron, it, and then you sang it on right. Cow Full Contact. yeah. And John Swale's middle name is Cameron, so it's so close, that's it's where it definitely ties together, yeah. Trying to figure where he got came it, with it all together! Wow, weird how I even knew that was his middle name. I don't know why.
3: Well, did you know that Clint's name is actually actually Cameron Clinton's Wales?
2: I think I knew that. Yeah, I don't know how I got. got so where's so the much Cameron, Cameron. Come from from?
3: Ah, my grandpa.
0: Last name, first name.
3: First name.
2: Sweet to know. Very sweet. <laughs> He's everywhere. <laughs> it's in the song. <laughs> all the boys' names.
3: <laughs> I luckily didn't get it.
2: You we we had been Ben, ben Mar- Baldus on earlier narrator. <laughs> Cameron's everywhere.
0: And and Russell, this is the first time Russell's got the name
2: right all day. I know. I was just I was just guessing really. <laughs> I was hoping it was right. Uh, Alright, so you're getting roped by your brother John. Yeah. What what age are
0: you when you're running and being the roping dummy? I
3: don't know, I was probably like eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I learned my lesson by then No, I was probably, I don't know, like five or six Oh, okay, yeah, all right Yeah
0: Gotcha, gotcha So you outgrew that phase
3: I, I did eventually Then it turned into We would just fist fight Rather than <laughs>
2: Constant Just go straight to it <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, I went for the Chinese torture and roping and all of that too we were just getting massive Combat. fights. Yeah, like huge fights.
2: GM Pete,
3: EP. Mm-hmm.
2: It's not a lot to do up there. Fight.
3: No, and John and I are quite a bit alike. Like, Well, John's got a shorter fuse than I do, but when we both lose our temper, it's not very good. And I used to work for John, so I used to be a really good at pushing his buttons. There was other times when he'd get me down in the kitchen and... Aren't there Wait.
0: sticks in Canada? I mean, you can hit him with a stick or a frying pan or something. Yeah, stop
2: using that sharp tongue.
3: <laughs> yeah. Same thing I didn't learn my lesson. No, we were always in areas that, you know, I couldn't get anything. Yeah, <laughs> like was,
2: she did not think just... anything out. So she has tried to chastise him to the point of anger. Since
0: I had such one of them Tanya Harding, I'd had one
2: of them Tanya Harding collapsible bats in my pocket or
0: something. <laughs> like, I know what's going to happen today. I don't I'm think going she, to be ready for
2: it. I don't think she knew. <laughs> not today. Today I'm going to outrun him. Yeah, today I'm going to outrun. him. It was all about outrunning him. And, mm-hmm. But first, I have to make him mad enough to chase me. <laughs> <laughs> so what can I say that would do that? Oh, yeah. It's like chasing one, that them one of the bulls until they blow up. And then you can get them by the <laughs> tail and knock them down.
4: <laughs> could get no tail. tail. <laughs> and no Toyota driver. Yeah. She
0: needed a better Toyota driver. What the heck, Clint?
3: Yeah. When you get so mad, though, you don't really think about those things, or I didn't. It was just like, you know, I can get him this time.
0: <laughs> eternal optimist. optimist. So so far we've established hard headedness and eternal optimists. So yeah. we are well on our way to being a professional horse trainer. Yes. Well. I mean so childhood is forming you. Yeah, I like it. and and masochistic because just take a
2: whooping, <laughs> just take a whooping every keep day. Keep on kicking, take, take a licking, and keep like on Like John Cameron Swayze. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys stomped it flat. <laughs> Freaked out over there.
0: <laughs> Two songs in one show. People are going to start turning this off. <laughs>
2: Oh <laughs> it's hard to stay on to that it's, it's hard to stay on it man it's, it's, this, really, hard. it's really hard good stuff really hard never not once you didn't like get him tripped up and get him down for a minute
3: well maybe the odd time it just didn't last very long <laughs> <laughs> it was very short lived short <laughs>
0: ouch so by then he was training I mean, what, he's 10 years older, so you're 15. He's 25, so he's kind of rocking and rolling.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's trying to train horses. He's He's got his little (laughs) sister sister throwing throwing (laughs) darts at
0: him.
3: (laughs) Well, maybe I thought he trained better when he was mad, so I was just (laughs) helping him out.
0: (laughs) Doing this for you, not to you. Uh,
2: Yeah, maybe.
0: (laughs) So, and is Clint working for him also at this time? Are your folks still training?
3: So they were... No, about that time they were done. So my dad was then doing his leather work full time. At that point, my mom was helping out at the barn, but she wasn't training horses anymore.
0: She didn't like you then either. She wouldn't talk to you. Didn't care if you got beat up.
3: <laughs> well, no, see, it was really good timing again because dad or mom were never around. So it was just a free just for all. Just the three just of y'all. Loose
0: yeah. Loose in the frozen tundra.
3: Yeah. And actually, usually if, My dad would be around. He didn't really do much. Like, if we got in a fight in the kitchen or something, like, John used to be really good at pinning me down with a stool. And my dad would just, like...
2: Don't break the plate.
3: Pretty much, like, don't quit kicking the covers with your spurs or something (laughs) like that. It wasn't anything, like,
2: you know. Leads me to believe that the dad's like, why do you keep picking at him? (laughs) (laughs) Mess with the bull, you're going to
0: get the horns.
3: No, I think he just didn't want to get in the middle of our stuff. He doesn't like confrontation very much, so he just (laughs) left us alone.
2: (laughs) But someone does. Someone likes confrontation. Someone does, yeah. (laughs) Enjoys it. Thrives on it, apparently. I'm so
0: proud of her for talking, too. I mean, this is...
2: Outstanding.
0: Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're getting into high school. Are you going to school or are you working for John full-time? What's going on there?
3: Um, So I homeschooled. I would work for, I do like a little bit of school in the morning and then I just work for John the rest of the time. I wasn't really the greatest student, so.
2: (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) Shocker. Didn't Didn't struggle with authority or anything, did you?
3: (laughs) Yeah, so I would just, yeah, I'd do my homeschooling and then. Or not do it, depending on the day. (laughs) And then, yeah, I'd do all the chores and help John saddle horses and stuff.
0: Right. And so were you showing at that point? I was, yes. Are we still doing the pleasure and the jumping, or have we kind of moved on to the cow horse stuff?
3: So I'd moved on to the cow horse, yeah. Yeah, like I was done, I was done showing jumpers when I was about 13 or 14. My parents kind of made me choose if i was going to do the english or the western because it was too too much going back and forth so so by then we were just straight on the western on the cow horse and cutting
0: gotcha and then uh it was just the show jumpers is what you what you guys showed english
3: yes yeah and then did a little bit of the open shows like the you know the hunter under saddle and stuff like that but but like i just did mostly the hunter jumpers
0: ben is that going to be too loud or are we okay i mean it kind
2: of it sounds like static Right, so. we'll just take note. Yeah, we can we can disclaim her. Yeah. yeah, we can disclaim it. It's fine, but yeah, Keller's full what? contact and stop for this a little is, storm. No, heck no. <laughs> okay. I just hope, to, to hope to Chris doesn't jump over the table when the lightning comes. Yeah, <laughs> well, you'll
0: have to excuse us, folks. We're uh, set up here in my garage today, so we've got a little open air. Trying to be socially responsible d uh, di- Yeah, socially distanced and responsible in uh, how we're interacting. So we're uh, in the open air of my garage, and it's starting to rain. So it uh, will sound like a little static. So uh, anyhow, bear with us, and we're going to continue on, because uh, ain't no rain going to shut down Cow Horse. Full contact.
2: So Or Veronica Swales. And darn sure not going to
0: stop Veronica Swales. No. But John Swales didn't stop her. Yeah, no, I mean, no, ain't nobody going to stop her. Two-time World's Greatest Horseman can't keep her down. <laughs> yeah. She just keep coming back for more. That's what I'm talking about.
2: May I have another?
3: (laughs) Well, if you guys quit now, you might not get me to talk again.
0: That's possible. Yeah, yeah. we're not doing that. We've got her on a roll, folks. (laughs) She's using her words and everything. It's awesome. So we're showing cow horses in high school, working for John. How often are you getting to horse show up there?
3: That time we were showing in the cow horse and the cutting, so we were... Going almost every weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, with one discipline oh. or the other. Yeah, it was busy. How
2: mm-hmm. big are your shows?
3: Back then, like, in high school, they weren't super big. Like, I want to say, you know, for the cow horse shows, there'd be, like, 60 entries. And then uh, and then the cutting, there'd be a little bit more. I want to mm-hmm. say around 80 or 90, maybe.
2: Well, they ain't bad
0: at who, all. Who were the guys to beat in both those events at that time?
3: At that time, the cow horse, I would say... Brad Peterson, he was super tough. And then Les Timmons, he was really tough too. And then the cutting would be, I don't know, uh, like Scott Hansen probably. And again, like Les Timmons was really good. And those would probably be the tough guys back then.
0: There's some great horse trainers in Canada. My goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, I have so much respect for them guys. I mean, between your brothers and all oh, Kaylee Wilson, Dale Clearwater, mm-hmm. Cody MacArthur. I mean, them guys, when they come to town, it's for real. Yeah. I mean, it's a long drive down here, and they do not come down here to donate. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, how hard they have to work up there and being stuck in them little pens all winter. I mean, it it, it never ceases. to amaze me how good you guys have them horses trained when you all come down here. I mm-hmm. mean, it just really boggles my mind because I know, I mean, a big pen up there is, I mean, what are you looking at training in in the wintertime? How big in a marina?
3: Well, like, my indoor at home is 70 by 200. Well, and that's, like, a pretty decent size. Yeah. Like, and for the longest time, like, John trained in, like, was it, like, 100 by 120 or something like that Mm. for the longest time. Not very big. Last year, coming down for World's Greatest, like, we were steer-stopping. Like, Well, and he had just got his arena extended, and we were steer-stopping, and it was, like, minus 28, Mm. and we were... (laughs) We Ouch. were trying to practice. That sounds like, like fun. Yeah, a week before we left, and we were fully bundled up and trying to rope, and yeah, it was terrible. And then the whole time, we are just complaining that you guys got it so good down here, and we're freezing our butts off.
0: Well, there, you, there's you places right. for sale. There's places <laughs> for sale down here. Like, I mean, ain't nobody making you stay up there,
3: right? like, Well, that's why Facebook Clay, like,
0: <laughs> that's what? <laughs> There's a guy who's got a horse training facility in Texas. Closer to nah. the equator. He's fine. I'm really good at tunes. I got two brothers. I can tune stuff out. It's fine. <laughs> I'll be close to Sarah Dawson. She can. If I don't know about tuning out, I'm sure she can <laughs> help me. I'm sure she can show me a trick or two. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, sure did join them canned apricots. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, Facebook Clay, decided to get out of a little of a, <laughs> a little of that cold, come down here. are You going to go the world's greatest next year?
3: I am. Yes, that's the plan.
2: And a girl. Mm-hmm. That's where I met you first. Mm-hmm. At uh, oh, 06
3: in Stevensville.
2: Stevensville, another little hey. cold spot. Where where cold. Russell? That where? was cold. Where's that Stevensville? There you go. That's there's only there's only one of them. That's why I said,
0: <laughs> I have to. I'm constantly having my, to correct his grammar, and like I let a lot <laughs> slide. But sometimes I just can't handle it anymore.
2: My speech therapist, <laughs> <laughs> he's in bad trouble. My, my linguist.
0: <laughs> I taught an Italian guy how. I was his only teacher of English. Oh. That, that poor guy couldn't... Nobody understand it. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody understand is the
2: words coming out of your <laughs> mouth. Nobody understand
0: the words coming out of your mouth. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, anyway, proceed. Yeah. So, so, you're <laughs> training with John, and school's over. Mm-hmm. And now what do you do?
3: I showed and as a non-professional, actually, for quite a few years. And then um, I actually... Clint was training horses as well, and he broke his leg... In an accident. And um, he didn't have any way of making his money. So I gave up my non-pro status and took over his horses for him.
0: What kind of an accident?
3: He was chasing buffalo. in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it when stories start like this. (laughs) I did not see that coming.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he he was chasing buffalo in his uh, Kubota.
0: (laughs) It just got better.
3: (laughs) And... He actually wasn't even going very fast. It happened in really slow motion, but for some reason he had his seatbelt on because we never wore Stupid a seatbelt seat in belts. the Kubotas. Stupid. And, yeah, he hit a hole as he was turning, and the Kubota, like, in slow motion rolled, right. and his, like, legs swung out, and he didn't go with it because he was seat belted in, and it, like, he got had, like, a spiral fracture. Probably would have killed
0: him, him if he'd have fell out, though. It Probably smashed him in the head. We got to throw that plug in that probably safety is better than not yeah. safety. <laughs> yeah.
2: So. That probably wouldn't hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no, that's no lie. No word of a lie right there, my friend.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So he broke his leg and then, uh, yeah, he was out for Welcome six to horse months. training. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, so then I took over. And you're as-
2: 20, 18, 20.
3: I was, I would have been like 24.
2: Oh, 24, a little while after.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, I had these big goals that I was going to be like this, I don't know, non-professional for the rest of my life and just train my own horses. And, yeah, I actually did leather work for quite a while. Like my dad, that's actually what I was going to do until Clint hurt himself. So
2: What did you mostly do, saddles or shaps or
3: So I did chaps and placemats. Belts, purses, Yes okay, yeah, so that's what I was doing, and then still helping John a little bit, and then, yeah, and then working in the shop, and then riding my own horses. Was he
0: over wrestling you to the ground by the time you were 24?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was it was maybe a little bit better because by then he was married and moved out, so we weren't.:
0: He had his own wife to wrestle.
3: Yeah, so we weren't you know, around each other all the time. so it was a little better by then
2: and maybe you
0: quit
3: yeah. trying
2: to outrun him mm,
3: no no <laughs> john's gonna love
2: this interview I know.
0: i'm know. i so excited he's gonna kill us both <laughs> probably all three of us <laughs> he's been trying on her for 26 Ever.
2: years
3: i know but now i'm 30 hours away so
2: <laughs> he's not bad by the time he gets here hopefully <laughs> Got that cool off period. It's like a Brady Bill on a yeah. handgun.
3: <laughs> well, and he needs a place to stay, too, so he's got oh. a little bit nice.
0: Yeah, he, he knows he's always welcome at my house, though, so there you go. He's, yeah, you're out. Yeah.
3: You might be in just as much trouble, though, so it not- might. <laughs> right.
0: You might just come down here and kill me and take my place. <laughs> I think I will move to Texas.
2: <laughs> By the way, no one's there's there's about to die. <laughs> just found an opening. <laughs> Love you, John. <laughs> <laughs> so, you go to training.
0: Well, we were talking about her showing at the uh, World's Greatest the first time in '06.
2: Yeah, but but how? when is it when you're helping Clint?
3: Uh, so, that was like, uh, not till like 2010.
2: Oh, wow. So, you've already been to the Greatest.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I showed in, yeah, 2006 was the first time I showed down there. hmm Mm-hmm.
2: How much fun was that?
3: It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was, was probably
0: colder than it was at your house. Was that the
2: cold year? Uh, was that oh eight?
3: No, that was oh six, I think it was really cold.
2: Yeah. I think. One of those Town years. Town ran out of hot chocolate and diesel. mur yeah. Murph wrecked his truck into the telephone pole. Oh man. I think, oh, was I so think that
0: was there. That might have maybe that was in Reno. I don't know. Yeah. But there was lots of things that got wrecked. It was like it was cold. God like, yeah. uh, ah, dang.
3: Yeah, it was really cold. Yeah yeah but it was it was an awesome experience it was it was the first time we had been down there though um and showed there so it was it was a big eye opener i mean we watched it you know the videos of it and stuff, but it was a whole different deal to get to go and be a part of it
2: go feel it hmm yeah and yeah. what did that change for you did Like, what was, say, one of the biggest things you said to yourself, hey, I need to go home and work on?
3: I guess the big thing would be, um, like, I was... I felt like at that point I was a pretty confident rider and confident in showing. But being, um, like, I realized that I was more confident with showing with people that I showed with all the time. So then it was a big eye-opener to kind of realize that I needed to really work on, that it didn't matter where I was showing, I... Still, like I guess, believed in myself that I could still compete and do it. Mm. That was probably. It's funny thing. how
0: that stuff will affect you. Like mm-hmm. I try and make myself. I mean, I used to go to a oh Jack Bogart put on a quarter horse show up there in Tulsa, and they'd have the rope and, and I would try and make sure that I had something to go in there and rope on. Because I'm going to tell you what, I was as nervous to back in the box. At an AQHA roping where I knew full well I was not going to win anything. But just to not look like a moron in front of these guys that I admired, you know, being a cow horse trainer. But it was just that extra pressure to put on yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and I do that now. I mean, and I spend a fair bit of money putting myself into those situations now. I mean, like, I've roped at the Patriot every year. I mean, I don't really belong there. But i make myself go and get in those situations and much to the chagrin of my wife i uh i spend too much money probably on entry fees where i don't belong just to put myself in those situations and make myself have to deal with that mm mm-hmm. because i think you have to keep you have to keep opening and widening that envelope in your comfort zone right there you know mm mm-hmm.
3: yeah yeah cuz we like i had shown horses my whole life so it wasn't like a big deal to and i had shown even like across the border you know like we showed lots in the cuttings and stuff but just um you know yeah like just being able to realize that you know it was all going to be okay and you know you could still go show the same way and yeah like it was it was a huge eye-opener and we even had like quite a few all-around deals Um, at home like and i had even just came like when i went to world's greatest the first time i had just came off of winning our big um like all-around deal at home so i was feeling you know pretty good about myself but then yeah as soon as i got there i was just like wow like i can't believe i'm showing with all of these guys and
0: they're on the magazines and i'm not showing with them every weekend and yeah yeah you yeah. just got to go. You can't beat them if you don't show against
2: them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's awful yeah. hard to anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to yeah. go there and let yourself get excited and then slow down and say, okay, it's just another show. I just got to think my way through it.
3: hmm Yeah. 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 So then I got through that one and then kind of went home and showed all year. And then um, the next year I came back and actually showed in the... Um, non-pro bridal I guess it was on um, on a different horse that I had and then one reserve in, in that and then came back and tried the world's greatest again in 2008 and definitely had a better showing felt <laughs> felt a little bit better about myself and I think that year too it was really cold I think that was the year it rained lots oh uh,
2: yeah Um, And so, what did it affect, like, going down there and showing in that big steam cooker? Did it help you, or did it change anything at home, when you were showing at home, after being down there?
3: Yeah, it it changed a little bit, I guess. Um,
2: Not that much.
3: No, not a whole bunch, but got to see, like, different, like, it was fun getting to watch how everybody schooled their horses and stuff like that, and just, I guess, getting to see um, different ways of doing things, so then... You know, when we went home, got to try different things, and you know, but I guess it didn't—it didn't really change too much for I guess how I went home and showed because again, once I was in my comfort zone, it was pretty just
0: <coughs> back to. Normal. Were you going mm-hmm. to the Snaffle Bit in Reno at that time?
3: I or? was not. No, no.
0: So that World's Greatest was the only really show you were coming down here. Mm-hmm. The only major event you were coming to.
3: Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I actually never went to the Snaffle Bit in Reno.
0: Oh no! Kidding? Really?
3: Mm-mm. No. Probably no.
0: best you missed out on Bruce Brothers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Probably bad decisions.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There was some going fast, but no good decisions yeah. made, made in the Bruce Brothers. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Although that was the first walk. place I
2: ever danced with my wife. Really? Yep. Good See, old Bruce Brothers. bad decision for one of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really good decision for <laughs> the other one. Yeah. Probably
0: the smartest move I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> no probably about it. <laughs> Russell, how's everything up there in Winniewood with the
2: old uh, COVID-19 coronavirus hey it's been a it's been a little bit of a struggle i traveled out to california it's a little more of a struggle out (laughs) there why would you go there voluntarily well well, i was going to buy horses and just see how the people were doing you You know what i'm saying but you know what they were doing they're riding they're all riding (laughs) a lot of of three-year-olds getting worked right now riding and riding them yes yeah
0: i always up my feet a little bit in the summertime uh this year i uh we started that process a little sooner. <laughs> Mine are all getting a little extra boost to that blue bonnet feeds right now. I feed that intensify, and it just, uh, I try and start it before it gets terribly intense around the house mm. before they start losing the weight and then, yep. uh, and get them on there and, uh,
2: just keep them looking awesome and ready to keep go horse show love. come fall, you know? Yep. Got a lot. I love the high fat and the intensified. Oh man, yeah, uh, no, I'm a believer in the high fat yeah. on the feeds.
0: Oh, it just put it puts that extra bloom there without giving you that heat. Yeah, you know it doesn't yep. get them silly acting and what have you. They just, uh, you know, they come out and they're ready to go to work, but they got plenty of energy to do the work.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I've uh, I've used their equiline a lot too. Their equiline line, um, they've got a, a lot of probiotics in there. They help you out, get you through everything. They got low starch in them. I, they're they're. They've got a lot of really, really great products. Right. That's, what,
0: that's what Todd Crawford uses, is that Equiline. He's been using it quite a while. Hard to win more than that guy. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, we just talked about that, like $3 million, something like that, oh, Todd?
2: Oh, my Lord, Todd. How do you do it? How do you do it? <laughs> oh, I know. Feed the feed. <laughs> That'll help. Hey, and if you're interested in learning more about the equine nutrition, you can go subscribe to Blue Bonnet Feed's new podcast, Chris, Feed Room Chemist. Go on there. They tell you all kinds of information about feed nutrition. You learn it all right there real easy. Just figure out where you want to go with Blue Bonnet products. And the big thing about Blue Bonnet, they got a product for your horses at every stage of life, from young to old. You know, you get them horses that need a little more at the at the end of their career. They'll help you out there. If you just try your broodmares, your working horses, all through there. They have a product that'll fit you. And Blue Bonnet will test all of their raw ingredients, Chris, so that they know that they're putting the best feed in your feed. Because once it's in a pellet, how do you know it's not junk?
0: No, well, that's it. That's it. That's And, and, and that's where I love them so much, you know, is just I have all the faith and all the trust in that company that they're only using the best stuff. If they're going to put their name on it, you better believe it, mister. It's going to be the real deal. And as good as what you can buy, they make it all and mill it all right up there at Ardmore, Oklahoma, just down the road from Hardy Murphy Coliseum.
2: Yep, yeah, and I know it's good all the way across the culture. The whole company is that way because I've bought cow feed from them, the, the cake mix for the summer, for the winter, for my uh, breeding cows. And that feed, you can tell when the pellets come out of the bin, they're tighter, they're cleaner. Everything is, is just a higher class of cake from beginning to end, and it's the same in the horse feed that's their idea in that company is to make the best from the best and todd crawford has been feeding blue bonnet feeds to his horses forever yeah forever i mean I, we
0: were feeding it back in the day when i was there once we moved to oklahoma we got on this blue bonnet
2: feeds and there went his winning ways uh he's actually the one that got me started on using it on my cows because i went over there to ride and and he, you guys were feeding. I don't know if you were there. No, you probably weren't there at that time. But here in Oklahoma, he was feeding it to his cows. They looked fabulous. And I asked him, "Hey, what are you feeding them things?" His working cattle. I mean, they were they were staggeringly fat. It was it was really impressive to me. And I went home and uh, got my whole ranch on it.
0: So they're giving away uh, they're giving away sixty days of free feed over here. Our fellows at Blue Bonnet, and uh, so go check out their website. At bluebonnetfeeds.com slash full contact. That way they know that you heard about it from us. Hey, and that's only good for us, isn't it? That's it. That's it. So you want to support our website, support this podcast, like what you've been hearing, go check them out and uh, get signed up for the 60 days of free feed giveaway.
2: That's a good way to support.
0: Go get some free feed. Right. Terms and conditions apply. Check them out at bluebonnetfeeds.com. Put, make sure you put that slash full contact on the end of it. That way, yeah, uh, you can support our podcast
2: while you're trying to win your sixty days of free feed. So you have uh, gone back. So two thousand eight, you come back down. How long did you train for? Train Clint's horses for him.
3: So I trained them until um, like I showed him at the snaffle bit for him and stuff like that at home, and then he took them back over at that winter time yeah so oh, he yeah. yeah so he broke his leg like the spring of two thousand ten, and then so I had him all summer all spring, summer, and fall, and then he he took him back over in the winter time
2: and is and that launched you into training
3: it did yes, mm-hmm. Yeah, then yeah because you could
2: have uh, given up your card, you could have retained your non pro
0: card or set out a year and retained it if you wanted right then
3: mm-hmm yeah i um I kind of decided that. If I was going to be keep going, that it was probably better that I was training horses and making money that way rather than having this big dream that, you know, I could make enough money to buy and train my own horses with doing leather work. So I kind of just rolled with it. A
2: lot of shaps.
0: So. Mm-hmm. A lot of shaps, yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, the, when did the barrel horses? You did some barrel horses too.
3: I did, yeah. So, um... So that probably would have been, like, 2011, I guess, I had a friend of mine ask me to train a barrel faturity horse, and I had never done it, and I barrel raced a little bit in high school, but I was never, you know, never wanted to be that girl that wanted to be that barrel racer. So, um, yeah, and she just asked me if I'd train a faturity horse for her, so when I said, yeah, whatever, can't be too hard, I guess. And so I, I... Worked on that all of 2011, and then started running um, in 2012, and actually went and won my first maturity I ever went to, mm. and then. So
0: you found out that it really wasn't that hard.
3: Well, it didn't seem like it at the time, anyways. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, and it just yeah, and then that kind of launched me into the barrel horses from there.
2: And that and they helped sustain your training business, they, or they became.
3: The, the the big part yeah they became like the big part like i showed like i still had quite a few cow horses to train like for a couple years but then the barrel horses started taking Taking... over and yeah yeah then it pretty much got where i was just full time in the barrel horses and then i just showed my own cow horses again (laughs) almost
2: (laughs) back to the (laughs) non-pro (laughs) situation yeah
3: pretty much yeah yeah went back to it
2: so did uh, guess it, it, well, you're down in Texas now? Yes, with a certain yeah. individual, and you, <laughs> Clay, and you. Um, did the barrel horses come with you?
3: They did. Yes, I brought. Yeah, I brought some faturity horses with me, and um, I just have one older horse with me. But I just. Mostly for charity horses. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. So how much difference is it training the barrel horses compared to training the cow horses? I mean, as far as your day-to-day, you know, the training you're putting on them, I mean, are there things that you do differently on the horses that are going to be just barrel horses, or is there a lot of crossover?
3: Um, there's not a huge difference. Like, I train my barrel horses pretty similar. Um, like, I pretty much all of them that come through like I put them on a flag and work them all on a cow and um, yeah I want them to you know stop and turn around and do pretty much everything that we we want them to do in the cow horse. I just I guess I'm not quite so uh, particular right like they don't need to like slide a long ways or anything Stupid like lead
0: that. lead departures anyway.
3: <laughs> oh I still do the lead departures. You do? Oh,
0: oh I, do. I thought maybe this might be an out for me.
3: No, I hate
0: lead departures.
3: No, I still do lead departures. Oh, they
0: take mm-hmm. so long, though.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like it when I can just, you know, get them to lope well, off. Well, I like
0: it when I can just get them to lope off, too, but getting them to do it is a little different story. I mean, well, I promise, if I didn't have to do lead departures, I bet I could train 40 or 50 horses. A day. A day, easy. Them lead departures.
3: Well, try, try and do it on a running horse.
0: Yeah. No, no I don't like doing it on ones that <laughs> are bred to do it properly. Why would I try and do it on one that's not? I mean, that seems ridiculous. <laughs>
2: so, um, you don't have to work on changes with them, do you?
3: That is actually something that I do not do. Is and HG they actually is like, have to
0: change leads. Don't that I mean you mm-hmm. make a right circle and then you make a left circle? So it would probably benefit them.
3: Well, actually, I don't know. I find it hinders them more being able to really change leads because then if you send them to back to the clients or whatever, they think like, "Oh, this is awesome. I can like do a flying lead change all the time." And most of the time in our buildings, they're so small between the first and second barrel, so then they go around the first, and they're like, oh, I'm going to do a lead change, and then if it's not perfect all the time, then, you know, yeah, if the horse cross
0: leading over there when they get to that next barrel.
3: Yeah, or they shoulder in, and then by the time they're at the barrel, like, the horse's shoulder is down, and I feel like it just buggers it all up, so that's one thing I actually don't really teach them to do. I mean, if they refuse to change between first and second when they learn to run, then I'll do it. But most of them, like, they just end up doing it automatically when they're running that hard. So, I don't really That's worry That's how about I it. try
0: and change them also. Like <laughs> And run. make them change, change leads and they change directions and then hope it works when I get to yeah. the show. That's how I do it in the raining.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just hope it's a fast to
1: fast?
2: Yeah. Or... Small, fast, to small, fast. <laughs> <laughs> it freaks people out sometimes, but I'm like,
0: so I don't change leads, like, at the horse show, except when I show, really. Like, I set them up a lot, but I don't really do much lead changing when I get there, especially if they're not very good at it.
2: Yeah. So what else do you find in the uh, barrel racing that's a huge crossover? Yeah, you work a ton on shoulder and hip control.
3: I do, Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like I teach them. Like um, I'm really big into having like a lot of hip control on on my barrel horses. I don't know, sh- and shoulder control. Like I do a ton of, I guess, like counter arcing and stuff like that to really make sure that they can. I can kind of maneuver them around, so that if I kind of get in a jam, then I can, you know, hold them or push them over if I need to.
2: What's the biggest struggle in the barrel racing to keep the To have that horse, what do you see the non-pros do the worst with a horse that gets it in more trouble?
3: The biggest thing that I find, and lots of people probably would disagree with me, but is that they get ran too much. And then they get super hot and they get um, almost uh, anticipating things because they can't, they don't bring them back and really break them down and fix things or... um, do other things with them, like treat them like a horse and, you know, go move cows or, or work a flag or do something like, and like that's probably one of the biggest things I find.
2: So within the pattern itself, what do you see the biggest struggle? Uh, the such, like I'm saying, uh, not finishing the turn or. Or not getting to the side of the barrel or running too far by or bending too much or what?
3: Probably a big one, I guess, would be um, like right at a barrel. So, yeah, where they run by. Yeah. uh.
2: And is that mostly because they run them too much at home or are the people running by the barrel? Like, you know, we have that in the cow work a lot. The people are missing the cattle more than the horses a lot. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, no, I would say it, it's the people quite a bit. Or they haven't, like, really, um, say, schooled them for that deal, right? Like, I'm, like say, if I'm schooling my horse, I, I always, like, stop them at a barrel, like, if I'm working them. And lots of people believe that, you know, that you, you don't want to do that because it's a running event, right? But then they forget that, like, if you don't slow down a little bit, then... You're, you miss. Yeah, you're gonna go buy a stride or two, which is a lot more than time going away than just your horse kind of shortening its stride a little bit and getting around the barrel tight and going.
2: Do you do a lot of speed control on the barrels? Like really go and then make them stop?
3: Um. Yeah. Well, not too too much. much. Like I I really um. Chris might get me for this one, but I work uh, trouble. For this one.
0: <laughs> we got a beep. On Veronica as well. I didn't know she had enough words to get a beep. I, <laughs> whoop, whoop, in the
3: house. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, I really get them where they're work off my body. So I, like, lope them up there, and I want them to, like, when I sit, they really stop and back up and move their hip over and go in. And then once I have them really good with that, then I'll work on, you know, where they'll stretch their stride out and then as soon as i sit they Come try out. to stop on me and i have to kind of just like squeeze them around the barrel
0: i find these girls that ride really good put a lot of the body control on them like from not say horse body control but from their body to the cow's body or to the to the horse's body mm-hmm. and i don't know we were working the other day and i was like that horse looks pretty good it looks trained but what's it do if you don't sit down when that cow stops? I don't know. <laughs> why,
2: why, why would you do that? You,
0: yeah, like, I don't know because I'm terrible, and I know on Saturday night I'm going to probably kick this son of a gun when I'm not supposed to, and it better bail me out of the jam I put it in.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, you know it. Uh, that timing it. Which would be easier on the barrels because it's uh, such a stationary object. Right. Mm-hmm. It'd be easier to make sure you're sitting down and doing that. Where in the cow work, it can be so um, up and down that. Right. It, it, if you, you, if, if you, you miss yeah, you and they're, off, you miss they're
0: on you, like say, yeah, I got to make sure that they're bailing me out mm-hmm. on a cow,
3: mm-hmm. like
0: say, on a barrel, you know where it is. Yeah, it's not You moving. know where it's going to be. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's no second-guessing it. No. Yeah. No. Uh, so, do you have a fraternity horse for this year for the cow horse?
3: I, well, I do. I don't know if I'm going to show it or not, but I, I have one. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's
2: a little matter of eligibility.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm still eligible for the limited open um, for the aged event. So, I might not show him this year so that I can have be in the Have a
2: little hiatus limit. and then, yep.
3: Yeah, and then show limited all next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Especially and. since
0: you're not missing any derbies right now. I
3: right. know, I know, it's wonderful.
2: Do you-, <laughs> do you have any derby horses?
3: I I do. I have I have one. Yes, shotgun. Yeah, yeah. pretty mm-hmm.
0: darn good one too. Mm-hmm. And Darren Moore, Darren Moore can't say his name though. <laughs> Shotgun? No, his name's Desire's little Pepto, right?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: And Darren insists on calling him Desiree's little Pepto. <laughs> I'm like, who's Desiree?
3: There was a good one too at the at Ardmore. I can't remember what she said though, but she had she had a different name for him too. Wow. I can't remember what she said though, but it was it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, Darren's misnomers at the the world's greatest were outstanding. We had Desiree's little Pepto, and then there's a horse that was called a uh, Plan with Honey. And he kept calling it playing with one eye. (laughs) Like it was Espanol or something. Oh, that's a good one.
2: (laughs) I used to have a horse named uh, Bubonic, and they would call him Bubonic. (laughs) Bubonic. So so
0: that horse was at Crawford's when I went to work for him. And I was walking through the barn looking at the name tags. When I first got there trying to learn the horses, I'm like, who would name their horse Bubonic? (laughs) (laughs) It's a terrible name. Bubba Nick is
2: clever and witty, but
0: bubonic.
2: The plague. It's here. <laughs>
0: Wasn't then, but it is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it's here. Now it's here. So what do you see competing down here and in Canada, what do you see the difference as far as uh I mean, how much difference do you see in those competitions, be it the cow horse or the barrels?
3: I guess the biggest thing is just the like, we, we have some really good trainers at home, but, you know, there's more of them down here. There, there's not as many at home, I find. So, that, that would be a big thing, like, for at home.
2: What about, how long have you been down here now?
3: Since the beginning of December, yeah. So.
2: A few months. A
3: few months, yeah.
2: A few months. So, what do you see different in the culture, in the, in the horse industry down here from up there? We talk more. Yeah. <laughs> Open. <laughs> well, we were. Until she came, we closed everything down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, uh, that's, that's or is a it a lot Um, I would say it's actually quite a bit alike. Yeah. I wouldn't really say that there's a huge difference that way. Like this stuff. Yeah. You guys don't wear as many clothes in the wintertime. but. <laughs> But, yeah, there's not really, I wouldn't say, a huge, huge difference.
0: Oh, I know what I to ask you. I'm talking about you were homeschooled, because I know up there there's a lot of French influence, even in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. And so in your homeschool program, did was there a lot of big French influence in that? Did you have to take said French courses? No. Mm-mm.
3: Thanks. No. No, we had to take French, like, in elementary. And then uh, once we got into high school... Like, I think, like, grade nine, I had to take it, and then that was it. It was optional. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, no
2: French immersion for you.
3: Mm -mm. No, no, I can't speak French at all. I can say bonjour. (laughs) That's about it.
2: (laughs) Got that off the Muppet Show. That was an excellent, excellent accent, I feel like.
0: (laughs) No, there was not a French person that just walked in here. That was still Veronica Swales, believe it or not. (laughs)
2: Bonjour. <laughs> She's already picked up the Texas accent.
0: El bonjour, monsieur. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about getting ready up there? Because obviously, I guess we kind of talked about the small pins, though, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot we talked about that. so then we had,
2: and now we're lunch. getting to have small pins down here. So, right. You know, it's going to kind of. Fit in with your guys' this program up there. Uh, what with the cow working, the smaller, quicker pins are a little tougher. I feel like it's a way more sudden death. But you guys have been used to it, so it's not like you're used yeah, to. The-
0: Stevenville wouldn't know. Stevenville's not a huge pin by any means, and no. she would have came down for that. Did you ever show in San
2: Angelo?
3: I did. Yes, you did. Yeah.
0: Well, that would have been. Yeah. A pretty good difference from what you guys are used to up there, I would think. That was a.
3: Mm-hmm. That was like a pasture. Yeah yeah no but it was it's good though coming from those small pens because if you you know are late at all in the small pens you're hooped so you know that was the one like super nice thing like even going to San Angel even though it was took forever to get by the center marker you know didn't really matter what you had for a cow we pretty good at practice I guess of getting through the corner properly and being right. there, not being late.
0: Way easier to go from a smaller pen to a bigger one than vice mm. versa. Yes, mm. yeah. I feel like. You mm-hmm. know, when I built my pen here, I was worried I was building too small, and it's 140 by 315. And I was a little worried it was going to be a little snug because <laughs> I've been used to having in my, like, 175 by 350 outdoors. Oh, wow. And it was like being in a pasture. Like yeah. at Dawn's and at Robbie's, both those places had these enormous outdoor pens. But a guy almost gets a little lazy out there because it's, I mean, if they can't lope a circle in that size of pen, well, I don't know what to tell you because it's just too big. You know what I mean? And like when you get in smaller pens, they have to stand up and carry themselves around there a little stronger for the rain work. And then everything happens on a cow so much faster and it doesn't shock them. You know, like Mm -hmm. even in this pen, you can get several laps on a cow pretty easy. Like saying them big pens. Shoot, you're talking about. By the time you get around, if you get around two corners on a cow,
2: they're running out of air. Yeah, there,
0: yeah. Even though they're wanting to go back where they come from, by the time you make that third corner, they're a lot of times they're giving up on a on you pretty good right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I sometimes though I I don't know I feel like though like it's good for the cow work, but then sometimes with the rein work, you know, when you get into those big pens and lope circles, sometimes those horses. I've kind of lost some of their confidence. Like they can't just go lope a bigger circle and hold that, hold that circle. Cause they're so used to having those walls. Kind Feeling of. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that was, that's kind of a big difference. Like from coming from home and. Yeah. The raining
0: that I did find that when I was at Carol's, we had the track and we had the outdoor pen. And if I circled them up on the track, I could come down there and go in that indoor pretty easy. Or even in the outdoor pen, and they'd find a circle. I could just put them on that whatever circle, and they were pretty good. But if I'd been working them in the indoor or the outdoor, and then I went up to the giant, wide, open track, man, they were lost for a minute. It'd take me, mm-hmm. might take me a day or two, really, to get them really locked on a circle up there in that big pen without any fences for them to kind of just secure them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same with running and stopping, because at yeah. home, it's like you round the corner, and it's like you got to start. Building, building, and then you know, there you are, you're to your stop. And then down here, it's like, okay, you can round the corner. And then our horses at home are like, okay, well, it's time to go, but then you're like only halfway down the arena,
2: and you're a Mach 5. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and it's like, no, we gotta keep going. Like, that's that's hard for the rain work,
2: right? Yeah, I would say that it the uh, the for a while, the world's richest was in the outdoor at past robles, and that pin was way longer. and... It was a little bit of struggle time in that run down that stop out there. Even in being from California where it was a little longer. So, mm-hmm. I can imagine what I'd be coming from those 170-foot pins and going down to <laughs> going down to something that's 300-foot long.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that, well, that outdoor in Paso is huge. Yeah. It's opened up. I mean, that's a lot of arena. That was so much fun, though.
2: Yeah, it was fun. I miss
0: having that out there.
2: Yeah. So, uh
0: If you could go back in time, tell your uh, 20-year-old self something, what would it be?
2: You Um, can't outrun him. (laughs) Not your 10-year-old self. I think it would have been good information at 22. (laughs)
3: Uh, I guess uh, probably the big thing would be um, not be afraid to keep stepping out of my comfort zone, you know, because I'd kind of, you know, I'd come down here and I'd show, and then I'd kind of go home for a couple years, and then I'd come down, like, I wouldn't just keep going at it, I guess. That'd probably be something that I would tell myself.
0: Gotta keep pushing that envelope.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd probably be a big one.
0: What, uh, what would you say your training philosophy is?
3: You like the tough questions, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh <laughs> regular Larry King I am.
3: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Figure I got you talking, I got to take advantage of it. Might not happen again.
3: I guess the big thing would be um I'm a big person of taking my time. I'm not um I'm not real good at uh putting a crunch on something right off the bat. I like um I like to be able to build things up slowly. So I guess that would be a big part of it.
0: What would would you say is your biggest horse-related accomplishment? Get you to brag on yourself a little here.
3: Probably the biggest accomplishment uh, would be um, in 2014. Um, I hadn't came down south and showed for quite a while, and I went to Idaho and showed in the Derby, and I won the Intermediate Limited and Level 1 for the Derby, and then I think I was third in the Open. Mm-hmm. That was probably... A big one for me. Right. Yeah.
0: Come down here against the guns and get it on. hmm That's yeah.
3: cool. Yeah. And I hadn't been down here, in, I think, since 2010. So mm. so that was a big one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
0: same uh, on the same track, what about your proudest moment? Might not have been the best win. Proudest moment, though, professionally speaking.
3: Proudest moment?
2: Doesn't even have to be a win. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Probably my proudest moment would be at uh, the world's greatest in 2008 when I ended up second in the steer stopping. Oh, wow. Even though I didn't win it, it was awesome that I right you know could do that.
0: Yeah, darn right. That's cool. I didn't mm-hmm. know that at that time. Huh?
3: Yeah, that was probably my proudest moment.
0: All right. Well, now that before you get your head too big and you get uh, <laughs> bragging too much, what about your biggest disappointment?
3: Biggest d- disappointment would probably be um this year at World's Greatest actually in my marend work. I had never um like on the horse that I showed there I had never been like scored lower than a 210 and I did in the rained work this year and What happened? Um I didn't have really any mistakes. I just didn't push him hard enough. Mm. So. too safe. Mhm. Yeah, so that was probably one of my biggest disappointments, and mostly on myself, or
2: Right, mad at yourself, or not, um, you left something on the table.
3: Yeah, 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 rather than just, because, like, my horse is super solid, and always, you know, shows well for me, but he is super laid back, and And this might sound really stupid being a barrel racer, but he feels like he's always running harder than he is because he's he's big and he's got a pretty good stride. And so I felt like when I was out there, I did a really good job. And then when I heard the score, I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, so then I was just, yeah, super disappointed in myself.
0: Mm. Yeah, those sting Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. We've all been there, I believe. Mm -hmm. What's the uh, biggest training mistake you see people make? in both the barrels and in the cow horse.
3: Then it's, it's not so much, like, uh, more seasoned people, but, like, uh, always pushing those horses too far, I guess, and never not knowing when to kind of step back and regroup, let them take a breather and, you know, know that everything is, like, not all the time got to be turned on as high as it can go. I don't know. That'd probably be... The biggest one,
0: so from uh, showing on multiple in multiple countries, what uh, small pens, big pens, whatever. What's your favorite place to go to a horse show?
3: Probably Vegas, mm-hmm.
0: South Point. Yeah, that's a pretty good choice there.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Either the South Point or I've been to the New Orleans there for the big all-in barrel racing. Yeah, so either way, you've got. I've never been know, there. No, it, it's it's. Similar to the South Point, like the arena's right there, and, and uh, you know, it's all attached. But You
2: have everything.
3: Mm-hmm. Everything right there. The casino. So if it goes really bad, you know, you can gamble all your money away and drink. <laughs> or, or if it goes really good, then you can gamble all your money away
4: and drink.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. That's> awesome. <laughs> so uh, if you could pick one event, you can only win one event. From here on out in your career, what event would it be?
3: World's greatest. Mm-hmm.
0: Finally, one after our own. I heart. know. I know.
2: <laughs> we have been alone. I knew though. I I, I had faith in this. I one. did too. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. No, that's been um, like that's been a big goal of mine, and I don't know. I just love the I love the four events, and I love it that um, you know to have the steer stopping in there because not not everybody can rope so and and so many people come out and they they really try it you know like they learn how to rope or you know or same thing they're always trying to push it so like i just think it's such a cool cool event you know and it does take that special horse that you can do all of it on so so yeah it's probably the biggest one
0: Mm -hmm. what do you think is one trait to being successful in the horse business that a person would have to have.
3: Being able to learn from their mistakes and then move on, not hold on to things.
0: Short memories. Yeah, mm.
3: short memories, yeah. Mm. Yeah, being able to, you know, especially if you're showing multiple horses, you know, if you if you have a bad run, you know, I always give myself, you know, 10 minutes of, um, you know, being able to rethink it, watch it, you know, dwell on it, and then and then I forget about it and move on and go to the next one and, and then once I've left that show, then I try not to think about it again. I just move on, and it's a clean slate. And
0: mm-hmm. I like it. How you do know. you uh, how do you process failure? I mean, we all know that how big a part failure is in this world and anything that's competitive. So how do you uh, how do you feel about failure? How do you deal with it?
3: Well, I'm not. Um, I'm a pretty positive person, so. Um, You know, I guess the big thing is I just, again, try to learn from my mistakes and really think about things that I've done wrong, whether it's, you know, what I've done leading up to that event or, you know, something that I I did at the event that maybe caused for something to not go good. and, And, you know, I never really think of it as a failure, say, but just, you know, know that I need to learn from it and not do it again.
0: I love it. I want you to talk to us a little bit though. So, you've got an awesome son, Boyd, and he's had some health issues. Mhm. And I want to talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. I mean, if you, you know, if you're comfortable with it. Yep. And just talk a little about that and what that's done to some of your perspective on being a professional competitor.
3: So the big thing I think that it uh taught me again was that uh life could be really short you know it was um it hit home really hard of just everything that happened and it really got um again and, and maybe
0: i maybe fill him in on what 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 it was
3: so he um he had a brain tumor um and it's uh so he has a cancer and um so he had uh, brain surgery in 2018 in December, uh, just before Christmas. So, you know, it's, uh, it was a super hard road of just recovery and him, um, doing his treatments and stuff like that. And, um, so yeah, so it just, I guess really taught me that, you know, you need to live life to the fullest and not, you know, if you want to go do something like you just go do it and you don't hold back. So Again, I hadn't came down south and shown for quite a while, like I had gone to Vegas and showed in the barrel racing, but I um, had kept telling myself that I was going to come for world's greatest with my gelding, and I just, you know, didn't step out and do it. And then when Boyd got sick and at Christmas time, it was kind of like, wow, you know, like life can change so fast because he was just a super healthy, like... Never thought anything was wrong with him.
0: How old? How 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 old was he when that happened?
3: Uh, he was nine. Nine. Yeah, yeah. So when it was just, you know, he started. We were in Vegas, and he started having seizures. And um, you know, same thing. It was just like, you know, didn't know kind of where it came from. It was just out of the blue. And then
0: that's gotta freak you out, especially when you're at an event and now your kids, Seizuring and what then
3: yeah maybe. and it was it was super hard too, because um you know it wasn't a seizure like on the ground, like seizing out, he would just um you'd be talking to him, and all of a sudden he would just go blank, like he'd be looking at you, and you know he could move his arms or do whatever, but he couldn't speak.
0: Hey, it runs into the family <laughs> it <does. laughs> maybe it wasn't it's a. Hereditary. <laughs> I know, I know that I look. She had one, one a minute ago.
4: This
2: <laughs> <laughs> the whole
0: that whole
4: first
3: look episode. <laughs> Maybe it is both <laughs> the
0: <laughs> Next time that happens, we might have to call nine one one for you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he, um, yeah, so he would go uh, blank or whatever, and at first I thought, like, you know, why are you ignoring me? Like, what's, like, what's going on? Like, I'm asking you a question, and, um, like, it was a couple days, and it was, because we were there for a week, and it was, um, you know, he, he started out having, like, say, one a day, and then all of a sudden he kind of blanked out on me and I pinched him really hard and he like sat down and he opened his mouth like to say ow and nothing came out. And I was like, wow, like this is, you know, something really bad is going on. And, um, his dad's, uh, cousin is married to a doctor. So I phoned him and kind of said like, this is what's going on. And I don't, um, I don't know what to do so he had me video it and right off the bat he was like yeah he's having absent seizures and you need to get him to the hospital so and he told me he told me to like make sure and phone my insurance company first because he said that you know if I took him down here he would you know they'd get going on stuff and um, so I phoned my insurance company and they said that they'd put a claim in, but they didn't know if they would cover it. So I booked a flight and flew out of there the next day. And um, and then by, by that time, he was having those, so much that um, he started having seizures on the airplane. And it actually turned into a massive disaster because they called the uh, paramedics onto the plane when we landed. And the lady started because I had a cold. And he had a cold, and the lady actually started telling me that they were going to take us into quarantine because we had the swine flu. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I swear to God, like, we don't. And and luckily, he had a seizure in front of her, and he was. she was like, oh, wow, okay. It's and a they, tough
0: way to get off the plane first. Wow. It,
3: it, it was. It was a little bit, uh, like, well, it was pretty uncomfortable because everybody, like, we were at the back of the plane, so everybody's like, oh, wow, like what's going on at the back of the plane and they yeah they took us off and we rode the ambulance to the children's hospital and we were there we got there about probably 10 o'clock at night and they were in the emergency room and the doctor looked him over and again he had a seizure like right there in front of the doctor and the doctor was like okay like kind of asked how it built up and I told him it went from you know, one a day to now, like he's had like eight this day, you know, and he was like, wow, like it doesn't come on that fast. And so he was like, we need to do an MRI and, and we'll like hopefully get one in the morning. So I was like, okay. So I actually phoned John and told him about it and what was going on. And, you know, and then he, uh, that morning we actually had um, the neuro people come in and they took a look at him and, he, when they did hit the tests and stuff like that, he passed them really well. So she, she did the normal tests, like walking and checked his eyes and whatever. And he passed it. And she was like, wow, he he looks great. Like there's nothing wrong with him. Like you guys will probably be going home today. And I was like, whoa, okay. Like, I don't really feel good about that, but okay. And I actually phoned John again. And I was like, this is what they said. And he was like, absolutely not, like, you don't leave the hospital until, like, they put him through an MRI or whatever, and and they took him up, and they did some tests to, like, to see what was going on, Um, and they were like, yep, no, he's having seizures, and they filled him full of some medicine, and they're like, you're going home, and we'll do an MRI in three or four months, and so, again, I was like, okay, like, you know, you're not going to do anything, and they're like, oh, no, he's not seizing on the floor, so, you know, he, he'll be okay, so, Ouch. so, yeah, so it was, it was pretty hard, and, and again, he had been having, like, really bad headaches, too, so, um, so I was like, okay, so I took him home, and I picked up the seizure meds that they wanted, and, um, so by this time, it was probably, like, 10 o'clock, like, Monday morning, and, um, We got home, and he was super tired, and he'd be sleeping, and then if he woke up, he was, like, having full-blown seizures, like, and it was getting worse, like, where he was, you know, before he could still, like, make eye contact, and, like, by this point, he was, like, eyes rolling back in the back of his head, like, it was getting worse, and, and then he would be just complaining of headaches, and we couldn't, I couldn't stop it, like, it didn't matter what I gave him. So then we headed back into the emergency again for that night and thankfully again we had a really good doctor and she was like yeah okay like this is not normal we're gonna take a look at it and they gave him a CT and that's when they saw that he had a huge mass on his brain and then and then everything moved super fast and we were you know we didn't get to leave the hospital and we were submitted and Within like that was a Monday, and then by Thursday he was having brain surgery, and on from there.
0: That is fast, mm-hmm. and and doing great right now. I mean, I mean he's like he's like my little spirit animal. <laughs> hey. Yeah, Poor me, old and fella. This, me and this, me and this kid we're we're awesome. I mean I love him. He's yeah, yeah I don't know like we hit it off instantly. Like the first time i was ever really around him, we went to uh, Madison and Barney Max wedding, mm-hmm. and like like where's this kid been all my life? We're like, mates. It's cool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, no, but doing awesome and, like, rides and ropes and terrorizes mm-hmm. Clay. It's beautiful.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I'm super thankful for, um, you know, he was so good through all of it, you know. I was a total disaster when he was at the hospital and stuff and he would just be like, It's it's all gonna be okay. Like it's, it's gonna be fine.
0: Just <laughs> fine, Mom. Yeah. Don't worry. I was like cooler like, okay. heads prevail. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah and I was like, okay. And like even you know, it was amazing like the um like the letters and stuff we would get, like even with him going to radiation, like he, he met one lady Um, When he was going through his radiation that um, she had already had cancer and it came back and she um, decided that she wasn't going to, you know, do any chemo or anything. And he he was always so upbeat and just like so like full of life that it was just, you know, everything was going to be okay. Like she wrote us this long letter and just said, like, after meeting him, she just like felt so like she needed to keep fighting like that she couldn't give up and you know she decided to do chemo and radiation and everything and do the full meal deal just because Boyd was just so like you know grateful for everything and that you know everything was going to be okay you know so I was like I'm super thankful that I had such like that he was just so great to get through it all
2: right
3: mm-hmm.
2: how yeah. long was the uh, recovery Ron after the surgery I mean, until he was functioning, talking, and walking. and
3: Oh, like, he was, like, pretty much right after uh, the surgery, he was talking and stuff like that. He, he, um, they got him up right away and got him moving, and um, as he. As soon as they
2: took that pressure off.
3: Yeah, like, pretty much as soon as he was out of surgery, like, they, within a couple hours, they had him kind of up, moving around. Um, they didn't really let him or try not to like let him kind of sit around like they wanted to kind of get him moving and um and then same with like John and Deanne were great like they were coming in with the kids and we'd like go and they'd rope the dummy and stuff like that and um and same with like friend like Travis Rample flew over and he came and you know came and visited him and same thing got him out and roping the dummy and stuff um because they pretty much like right after surgery they want to after a few days they want to get him out of there um we were there a little bit longer he we had trouble getting him to eat like there was a few days before he'd actually eat but
0: well he's got no trouble with that now
3: he doesn't
0: no <laughs> no not Wow struggle now y'all came over for chili other night he ate out ate me on the chili bowl son of a gun I ate yeah. two bowls of chili, and I was stuffed. He went and grabbed his second bowl. I was like, ain't no way. No problem. This kid's fixing to throw away a half a bowl of chili right here. <laughs> and I look back up, and he's got her slicked, plumbed down to the ceramic. And I was like, and I was stuffed, mister. I was like, that little boy eats like a man right there. He,
3: Yeah, he eats a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he eats. So you guys
0: he, had to buy a whole cow. Uh,
3: yeah, he out eats clay, like, big time. Like, it's it's ridiculous.
2: probably gonna outgrow him then i imagine
3: (laughs) (laughs) probably yeah yeah but no it was like yeah it was pretty like they didn't hold back it was like they wanted him up moving get going like get back to normal life pretty much
2: so So how long for the um uh the radiation and all that how much longer did you have to deal with that stuff
3: uh, so radiation was uh, about oh, two and a half months.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: yeah, so, and then he went in five days a week for the radiation. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah, and then we we were um we did get accepted for a uh, tr- um, trial for the chemo. Um, but the the type of cancer he has is um it's r- pretty rare still, so everything is in the trial basis, so. Um, and they only give you kind of one shot with the chemo. So we kind of decided that uh, we would just maybe sit that one out and and um, not do it. Uh, like, again, because the, the type he has, there's a 75% chance that it will, um, like, reoccur within five years. So we kind of wanted to keep that one kind of in our back pocket. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, you know... W- hopefully then studies are, you know, better and stuff like that and they'll kinda know more about it. So so mm-hmm. then
2: yeah. Well, wow. good one to get out of. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know nope. still get to worry for a while, but good one to get out of.
3: Yeah, yeah, but it, it's good though. Like um, now that he, you know he's been through it, like they do MRIs with him every three to four months mm-hmm. and They're stuff like it. that. Yeah, they stay on top of it, so you kind of always know. There's never really that question mark of yeah, like what's going on. They're super good at staying on top of it, so mm-hmm. you know that everything's good and
2: yeah. So, and now that you're down here, does the your medical? Because that's uh, your medicine up there in Canada. Does that transfer down to here or do you go back?
3: No, we right. have to go back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because um, if we were down here, then we would have to pay for it and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. so, yeah. So, we just keep the healthcare going up there and same doctors and stuff. So, yeah, we just fly right. back. and.
2: Well, yeah. you don't want to lose your doctors after you get in something like that. No. No. Yeah. You don't want to be switching. No, I'll stick with them.
3: Yeah, yeah. So when we, um, you know, we've got some pretty good um, connections down here. I guess for say, like hospital-wise, like that people have gone to and and um, you know, given us really good reviews on. So same thing, we kind of have that in our back pocket, like of of um, right. You know, if it doesn't something happen, yeah. If it yep. doesn't go kind of the way we expect it to at home, then you know. There's some really good places down here that we could go to and, Mm -hmm. you know, give it a go. So,
2: Stupid bugs. (laughs) Stupid bugs. They're everywhere.
0: (laughs) Well, Veronica, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here and interacting with us.
2: (laughs) Phenomenal.
0: (laughs) Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So um, tell folks where they can uh, get a hold of you. Send you a barrel prospect horse or a snaffle better
3: where they can get a hold of me. Mm-hmm.
2: Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> website. How about a name?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, Facebook. They can look up Veronica Swales Performance Horses and message me or um, my website, veronicaswales.com. There we yeah. go. And email me. And, mm-hmm. Perfect.
4: Uh,
2: <clears throat> yeah. VeronicaSwales.com. Yeah. She can't ran through it a little bit. <laughs>
3: did i go too fast
2: yeah chatter Speak <laughs> quiet yeah, yeah. <laughs> i bet i
0: bet you don't talk for a week
3: i know you like you all out of me.
0: sucked all the life out sucked all the words out of it <laughs> well that's awesome well thank you very much veronica all right so here we are first ever cow full contact bonus episode with boyd wilson son of legendary cow horse and barrel trainer Veronica Swales and he's here to join us a little bit. We visited with his mom a little about some of the tribulations he's gone through in the last couple of years, but he's uh, doing great. Had a little bout of brain cancer and whipped it because yeah. he's awesome. I like to refer to him as my spirit animal because he's like this little bundle of positivity <laughs> and the coolest <laughs> little kid I know. So, Boyd, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: You're very welcome. So, uh, tell us a little bit about. I hate to just dive right into it, but what the heck? Yeah. I mean, so we spent a little time in the hospital. Yeah. Fought off the old sea eleven. bomb. <laughs> yeah.
2: Eleven-year-olds now. Eleven-year-old now. Yeah. Uh,
1: um. Almost. almost. Oh,
2: you're not quite. Ten. Ten. Wow. Turning what?
1: eleven in June.
2: And so you're at the horse show, and you start having some seizures.
1: Yeah, I didn't know what was happening. I just thought I couldn't speak. And
0: Your mom has the same issue sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most times, I'm surprised. I'm surprised anyone noticed. Oh, he's just he's just he's just taking after his mama right now. That's okay. Kind yeah. <laughs> of so. glazed
2: over and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I think she thought that for a little <laughs> while. She did think that for a little while. <laughs> um, so when you, uh, were you trying to speak in the beginning? one was a uh, shorter?
1: Yeah, I tried, but I couldn't at all.
2: Yeah, but you could still move around.
1: Yeah, I could move. Quite a few times I dropped, like I would be holding bags and stuff, and I would drop and I would try and pick them up, but I couldn't speak. Mm. Wasn't able to say anything.
0: Now, was your was your head hurting at that time? Were you getting the headaches bad?
1: Yeah. When I was having the seizures, yeah, I would have big headaches after them. Real big.
0: After them, though, not
2: before, so you really couldn't feel it coming or anything?
1: I couldn't feel it coming at all.
2: Well, that's scary. Did yeah. you have any headaches before the seizures?
1: No, I would not. Huh. It would hit, and then a few then seconds after, and it would hurt. Mm. Yeah.
0: And were you, did you know that you couldn't talk? I mean, were you, like, blacked out at that time? Or did, would you know, that? like, and I'm trying to talk, but I can't say anything?
1: Yeah, I was like that. I couldn't talk.
0: I but was you wanting
1: to.
2: But you weren't blacked out. I was not. No. <laughs>
1: I could still see everything. I could look around, make eye contact. Couldn't say anything.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm glad to see you whipped the heck out of it. We're doing good now. and Shoot, fire. So, looks like... Uh, What's that buckle you're wearing?
1: Um, JB Mooney gave it for me. Gave it to me for beating cancer.
2: That's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty darn cool. It's shiny
0: too. How did How did he How did he find out about it?
1: Um, my mom is sponsored by Wrangler, and then um, the guy who is the owner, I think, is a friend and of hers and he knows jb and i think our pbr told jb about it yep. and
0: mm. that's pretty cool shout out wrangler jeans there wow yeah, yeah. That's, nice. a, that's a neat deal there
2: and Shh. jb yeah wow
0: yeah that's uh just shows you i mean i i've not met jb but I, i've friends of friends and what have you and they say that guy's a class act yep they say that guy's some kind of cool so that's what
2: i've heard so what do you do now you homeschool?
1: Yeah, I'm homeschooled, and I still do what I used to do. I, I'm i still the daredevil I am, and <laughs> I'll jump off of trees, and I don't care. I'll just do what I do, what I used to do.
2: How are you liking the move down to the warmer country here in Texas?
1: It's a lot better. <laughs> you don't have to worry about slipping and falling and breaking your head open. <laughs>
2: So how much do you get to, what, um, what do you do besides school?
1: Um, I, After I'm done, I get outside as fast as I can and play or ride my horses or play with my dog.
0: What He's got? a special a specialist, turn back specialist. Mm, awesome.
2: Nice. Oh, yeah. That's good to have. Real good. Uh, what do you do on your horses besides turn back? Do you do any roping?
1: Yeah, I'll rope on my paint horse and on my older horse, I'll cow horse on her and cut.
2: Oh, good.
0: And a boy. Yeah, he whoops him right around. And he, I tell you what, the cool thing about Boyd is, like, when you have some other kids around that are, sometimes you know in that age group, they get a little timid or whatever, you can just pair them up with old Boyd and, man, pretty quick, he's got them freed up and Got them going. Yep, get them, get them going around there. Yeah, you never seen a kid that likes being outside as much as this kid does, man. He's like, dude, we need to go check out some pigs. We went and did a little pig hunting the other day. Nice.
1: Yeah, that was real fun.
0: We, we had them hemmed up in the trees, and I mean, they go to rustling around there on about 10 so ten feet from us on both sides of us, and we're down, me and him, we're in the thick of You're it. You're in it. We're in it. We got, we got the rest of our crew out there waiting to see what we flush out. We were basically like the dogs. With yeah. guns. Yeah. <laughs> he said, We got done. And he said this is a lot funner than elk hunting. We didn't shoot nothing. This is funner than elk hunting right here. Yeah. It's a little more walk I don't know, it's more walking. I've never been elk hunting, but it was a fair bit of walking though, huh?
1: Yeah, it was a fair bit of walking. Not as much walking as not as much walking as elk hunting. Oh no. Mm mm.
2: But it takes a long time to get close to an elk.
1: Mm-hmm. A long time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Were
0: well, you about ready for these shows to start back up so we can, uh, you can get the horse show a little better?
1: Yeah, I've been working on going, trying to go to Paso this year. Right? Yeah.
2: Well, what are you going to show in?
1: Um, the youth.
2: Youth. The um, you got a bridle horse or bridle? Bridle. Yep. Good. And uh, you thinking about the Junior World's Greatest Horseman someday?
1: Yeah, I've been, I thought I, I wanted to go this year, but I wasn't riding my horse enough, but I hope I can go next year. much? Nice. How, how
0: much have you showed so far?
1: I haven't showed since probably last year.
0: I get you, but did you show quite a bit last year? Yeah, I showed I a lot. Help. Yep. Yeah. Kind of going every weekend with mom? Yeah. Yep. Right on. Well, we can't, uh wish you any more luck migo and uh, love having you down here and uh yeah, it's just great having you part of the clan so thanks thank you very much for joining us and uh yeah we'll just uh wish you continued health
2: and uh hope everything stays good
1: thank you
0: you yeah. Bet,
2: buddy yeah exceptional to have you boyd darn right yeah uh, thank God there's someone to watch Chris. Hey, Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's my new chaperone. Yeah, no, now you take him in those trees, and you get the pigs out, and don't leave Chris. In there. <laughs> <laughs> make sure he comes out. Don't leave him. All right, folks. All
0: right. Well, till next time, go fast, make good decisions. Thank you for listening to Cow Horse, Full Contact. Please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for future episodes.